Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Low Blow Booking Podcast. My name is Derek Cornett, and we are coming at you live and in living color on your mobile listening devices. And ladies and gentlemen, it feels great to be back in your ear for another exciting edition of the Low Blow Booking Podcast. Um, it, it's been a, a, such a fun journey that um, we've been going through now for over a year. Um, coming at you tonight with a very, very interesting topic, kind of one of the biggest things that uh, you know, we set out to do when this project initially began, and um, I have to say that this is probably one of our bigger topics that we're going to be covering. Uh, tonight, we'll be covering an entire year of a promotion, and we're going to be talking about some of the angles, some of the storylines, some of the titles, some of the matches, and some of the big debuts, returns, and, and things like that that happen in this promotion. Now, in order for us to really get things going, I want to welcome in my partner in crime, Dave Hall, how's it going tonight, my friend? Mate, I'm doing really, really well. It is a lovely day down here in Australia. It's about 20, 21 degrees Celsius. Lovely winter's day. Nice. Um, Dave, tonight for me, this afternoon for you, um, we're going to be talking about a, a promotion that was in the middle of a very big... Um, change, if you will. And we're, tonight we're going to be talking about WCW 1993. Now, the last time we spoke, I kind of asked you what your opinion on WCW 1993 was, and I'm not going to make light of it, but it was hard for you to gather what it was at that time. Now, since then, you and I have talked about it, and we've looked at what this promotion was and kind of how we can make it better. Um, I guess initially, when we think of an entire year of a promotion, what do you think is the one thing that you want to do with a promotion over the course of 12 months? I think for me, what you're looking at is you're looking at trying to create a couple of key storylines and work around a couple of key championships that are going to build interest that would hopefully, if you were booking it in real life and you're promoting, you're going to be making money out of. I think the big, the big thing that we've, you know, that I want to, I want to look at with this, uh, with this idea is what can we do with a couple of key elements, world championships, minor championships, uh, key players, how can we use them in a way that would create interest, that could, would create an appeal for people to want to watch this and want to buy it. Uh, that's going to improve what I think was, as, as we found out last time I had trouble remembering it, what I think is probably a little bit of a lackluster year in the history of wrestling. Absolutely. I think when I think of a year, I look at um, what's, the, what's the end point, what's the middle, and then what's the beginning. Um, now, you and I both... Uh, We've discussed it a little bit. We we took part in the Territory Wars on Bigelow34.ProBoards.com. Um, and when I would book the WWF, I would always start with WrestleMania. And then I would go back to the Survivor Series. And I would say, how do I get to this point starting here? And when I look at what we're going to be doing tonight, I look at Starcade as our end point. That's where we're getting to. How do we get there by having that middle-of-the-road time at Great American Bash 
and then how do we start it in January? I guess that's kind of how I look at, you know, what can we do over this course of a time? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's, that's always, you've got to have the, the goal. Where are we going? And I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I don't write about wrestling online uh, like a lot of other people do. But I think, for me, one of the glaring things sometimes is storylines we see today don't seem to have an end point. It seems that they're sort of thrown together and let's see what happens where you look in the past and some of the best storylines you know, even from the beginning, you know what the end point is probably going to be. You know that they've got a certain person they want to put over for the title. They've got a, a certain direction that they're wanting to take. And then you work back from there. And, I mean, you hear stories of, you know, you hear you know, some of the shoot interviews with guys like Bruce Pritchard and Jim Cornette who talk about they'd sit down with Vince McMahon and they go, this is where we're going, and then they work backwards. And I think that's, that's the key. It's knowing where you're going and what you want out of it that's always going to make any storyline look good. Absolutely. Um, I was going to let you know, Dave, um, I actually got involved in some booking again. Um, I don't know if you frequent the ProWrestlingOnly.com message board. Um, it's one of the places where I post our podcast, and I've got a couple of couple of guys over there that I talk to. Um, but I uh, jumped on this thing, and I saw that they were doing something similar to the Territory Wars that I had done for seven years, and it's called um, the 1983 Project. What they're doing is they're having all the territories that were um, – active at this time, they're having all the wrestlers that were active at this time, and they're doing um, fantasy booking from it. And I was late to the party, so I didn't get to get my own promotion, which is probably a good thing. But um, what I did do is I, I put my resume out there, and I had a guy email me, and he said, hey, you know, I'm looking to kind of share the load. And he said, I want to do all the talent stuff, and I just need somebody to be kind of my booker. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, so I actually fell into Jim Crockett Promotions, and um, the guy that I'm working with, his call sign is named Beast, and I got lucky enough to fall into having Bob Cottle and David Crockett as my announcers, Tony Schiavone as my lead announcer. I've got the NWA United States Championship, Television Championship, and World Tag Team Championship. We're going to work the NWA angle to possibly get uh, Ric Flair, the NWA title, and that's who my main guy was. They actually got to keep one of their guys from the promotion at that time. And, of course, Beast, he kept Ric Flair. And his first pick was was so apropos because he picked the fabulous – oh, excuse me. He picked the fabulous Freebirds. Now, for those of you that have listened, um, I am a huge Freebirds fan. They're probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, groups of all time due to their blinding angle of the JYD back in 1980 in Mid-South. Not the Georgia Championship Wrestling angle that they copied, but this is the original. And when I initially did the Territory Wars, I actually picked the Fabulous Freebirds with my first pick as well. So I thought that it was kind of uh, you know the stars aligning, if you will, uh, for me to jump in with Beast and join this uh, project that he had. That sounds that sounds good. It'd be great. It's nice when you can uh, work with uh, with talent that you want to work with. Absolutely. Here's a couple of the other guys that we've got coming here. We've got Doctor D. Dave Schultz. 
The Iron Sheik. Uh, we got Fantastic Tommy Rogers, Hector Guerrero, Mad Dog Vachon, Scott Casey, Barry Darso, and uh, Nikolai Volkov right now. Uh, so that's that's certainly a, a that's a very interesting collection of talent. Yeah. Well, Dave, and I want to spoil some of the ideas that I have here just to give you an idea of what we're looking at. One of the big angles that we want to run is that um, Crusher Khrushchev angle with Barry Darso turning into. Crusher Khrushchev, and I thought Nikolai Volkov was, he was the guy that initially did it um, back in Mid-South, and we're going to run that angle, and uh, hopefully we're looking for a third Russian. We might get Boris Zukov, or we might get Alexis Smirnov as a guy to come in and be that third guy, but that would all build to a fabulous Freebirds versus Russians um, six-man bad street match, six-man flag match, six-man cage match. Um, just a lot of great stuff from those groups. Um, we looked at doing Dr. D. Dave Schultz as a badass baby face, uh, looking at him and the Iron Sheik. Um, just some of these big feuds and, and really putting it together and um, you know having some fun with, with this eclectic group of individuals and, and really building up some talent. One of the nice things over there, um, the guy who's running the WWF, he's got, you know, he's got Andre, and he already put him out to say, who wants Andre? Um, I believe it's Parv that's doing it, and uh, it's it's interesting to see how these guys are all running these promotions, and they're running them real deal, you know, where they're having guys coming in and guys going out, and uh, you know they've got a couple of their foundation pieces, but for the most part, they're moving things around to uh, to get people, you know, like the territories were, and I'm really excited to be a part of this project. I, I'm I'm excited to just have my um, little inclination of what I'm doing as the head booker for the Jim Crockett promotions. And, um, you know, it gets me back in the game and gets my mind thinking, which I'm really excited about. So um, check it out, everybody, prowrestlingonly.com. I know I spoiled some of our ideas, but um, as you guys are going to, you know, come on and see, uh, even if I do spoil it, it's going to be a pretty fun ride to see how all these things work out. It always was. That's what that's what it was like in the territory was. I, know, I knew we'd always have chats about ideas of where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do, but it was always fun to see how it actually played out. Exactly. That's And that's the thing that we're looking at here. We look at WCW 1993. Um, what many would say a forgettable year, like you talked about before, it's sandwiched between the Dangerous Alliance in 92, and then we have, and I would say the rise of Vader in 92 as well, um, and then it has Hulk Hogan coming in in 94. And there's that that meat in there, and we have to figure out what that meat really is, and that's what we're going to be doing here tonight, Dave. Um, I'm really excited about this project. This is a big one. I think that um, you and I both have, have spent some time looking at this, but we're going to kind of float from the hip, and um, let's, see, uh, let's see what we can do um, and kind of go from there. So first things first, let's take a look at who we have in the positions that we have them in. Um, first things first, Vader is our World Heavyweight Champion, um, WCW World Heavyweight Champion, let me be specific on that. And he's had that title since December of 92. The U.S. Championship was vacated due to Rick Rude's injury. The Television Championship was also vacated due to Scott Steiner leaving the promotion. And then we have Tag Team Champions Shane Douglas and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, I, Dave, think the big, I think the big thing to remember with, with those titles is 
Vader won the title in December, but Vader had pretty much been the dominant force for at least the second half of 92. Now, Ron Simmons ended up with the title for a little while, but Vader was still the top heel. He, you know, Vader lost it to Ron Simmons after beating Sting and then won it back from Ron Simmons. So Vader may have only just won the title, but he really has been that main event player now for at least a good six to eight months. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, at the top of the card, we have Sting. You know, he's our primary baby face at this point in time. Um, some of the other guys, we got like a Dustin Rhodes. Um, even Cactus Jack is showing some signs of being a baby face at this point. Um, on the heel heel side, we've got Barry Windham, uh, Paul Orndorff, uh, Steve Austin, and Brian Pillman are are the Hollywood blondes at this point. Well, that, not not quite. Well, not the, not the, the, the full on blondes, but yeah, Pillman had just just gone heel. Um, Windham had recently turned, you know, sort of turned heel partway through the year, and Windham and Pillman actually teamed up. I think it was at Starcade in a in a losing effort to the to Steamboat and Douglas, and then it was just after the New Year started that Austin and Pillman started teaming. I think it was the storyline, if I remember, was that Wyndham had another focus, and so Austin sort of stepped in. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, so with that, I think you and I both agreed that one of the first things that we want to do is showcase that team. Now, it's interesting to listen and, and read about what the thoughts were about Pillman and Austin at this time because they weren't very popular um, with the backstage guys, even though they were doing such good work in the ring and such good work with, um, you know, with the fans. And in some sense, you know, the fans didn't like them, but they were really good, and that's what made them like them, I guess. Um, So we head into our first big show, and this is the Clash of Champions 22 from the Mecca on January the 13th. Um, 1993. Now, the original card has Cactus Jack defeating Johnny B. Bad, Two Cold Scorpio beating Scotty Flamingo, Chris Benoit defeating Brad Armstrong, Vinny Vegas defeating Tony Atlas in an arm wrestling match, The Wrecking Crew beating Johnny Gunn and Tom Zink, the NWA and WCW Tag Team Championships, which are unified at this point, Douglas and Steamboat defeat Pillman and Austin by DQ, and then we have a Thunderdome cage match, Sting, Dustin Rhodes, and Cactus Jack beating Vader, Orndorff, and Wyndham. Now, when we initially look at that card, what's the one thing that you would want, or what's what's one of the first things that you would want to change or, or do differently? Uh, I think the entire, the entire undercard, you'd want to change that. I mean, there's some really underwhelming matches on that on that card. But I think, you know... I, I think that you've just you know you've just put the title back on Vader. I want I want to be showcasing him as as your champion. Uh, I think you want to be doing something that shows that you know having recently won the title, he's the man and he's in, he's he's on top. And I think it's a shame that they've put their world champion in a Thunderdome cage match, tag match. Mm-hmm. Now, in I guess I see both sides of that coin because I like I always liked world champions because I was a Ric Flair guy. I always liked world champions in those matches, um, but I do think that you make a great point. He's our—he's now the face of our company, and why aren't we showcasing him in some way, shape, form, or fashion? Um, so I guess the first thing I would say is, who is a, a good challenger for Vader to face for that title? 
I, I think you, you really, at this point, I think you know, you, the first person I'd probably look at is, is, is Ron Simmons as a rematch, as that sort of, you know, maybe Ron Simmons' last chance at the title. Yeah. You know, the, the man beat him, beat him the previous year. Vader won the title back. Ron Simmons wants one more shot. This is his last chance. Uh, that's probably where I would go. I'd probably... Yeah, you know, put that put that three out there because the fans would know. I mean, this is on free TV. The fans would know that Simmons had been had beaten Vader before. And if you pump it up as this is Ron Simmons' last opportunity, if he doesn't get this, Vader is not giving. Yeah, you, know, you could have Harley Race sort of saying, "Yeah, you know, this is your last chance. It's in the contract. You're not getting another shot." And, um, you know, I think they've put a lot of intrigue into that match. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And even looking at Simmons' career after he loses the title in December, um, I guess it's hard to say December because it was December 30th that he lost the title. But um, what did he do afterwards? And it was absolutely nothing. So I think that we could look at um, a Simmons versus Vader main event for the world title. Obviously, Vader's winning. Simmons puts together, you know, one more hurrah, but really nothing major. Um, then you get Sting, Dustin Rhodes versus Orndorff and Wyndham. Would you be up for that match? Um, you'd probably be wanting to put. I'm wondering if you'd want to be wanting to put Rick Rude in there because Rude. Well, Rude's hurt at this Rhodes, time, though. He's still he's still out at this point. Yeah, he's still out at this point. Probably that'd probably make a good tag match, and you'd have Rick Rude. Maybe you'd have Rick Rude at ringside. Yep. You know, sort of, sort of keeping him in the mind of everyone. Because I think the big thing about Rude is he had been such a dominating force for, for you know, for nearly you know twelve months with you know really, but probably a little bit more than twelve months, probably more like fourteen months at this point. Yeah. And it's a shame he was out hurt. So if you want to keep Rude in the mind of the people, because when Rude comes back from injury, there's a lot that's going to happen. There's a lot of potential that can happen with him as he continues what he's been doing. He's been the, you know, the one of the best heels in the company, and and I think you know you want to have him ringside. So yeah, I think that tag match should probably be a good way to go. Windham and Orndorff, Rhodes and Sting. It keeps top players involved, but it's not a it's not a pay per view match, so you don't want to be giving everything away at this point. Yep. Um, but I'd have Rude. I'd have Rude there, and I'd have Rude causing trouble for both um, Sting and Rhodes. And I think that you can then do some of the similar stuff by having a guy like Cactus Jack come out to um, put off Rude, and that kind of cements that babyface turn that Cactus Jack is about to go through. Um, he's a guy that you know is such a wild card when it comes down to it, and uh, you know having him involved in in a small way, not in a match. But in a small way, I think will help him. Um, now, when we look at the tag team championship, are we set to put the titles on Austin and Pillman at this point? You know what? I was thinking about it, and just when you reminded me, like like I said, they've only just got together, and you could almost build what we talked about was used. That Wyndham's got other things he's got to take care of. He's you know he sort of suggests Austin and Pillman team together. You could almost put this out as the first chance they've had. They 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 have a DQ result. I would actually have them win by DQ. You know, I'd have Austin and Pillman win the match by DQ to build a rematch at the next at the pay per view. Yep. I think that 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 allows you to build that storyline a little bit more. Allows Windham and um, Pillman, uh, sorry, Austin and Pillman, are, are a few more weeks to really build some 
real chemistry and some real togetherness in the ring and let them promo into it a little bit more as well. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think it creates a bit of anticipation because if they win by DQ, you could have, you could have, you know, Douglas and, and Steamboat, you could have the old, the heels bring the tag belts into the ring, try and hit Steamboat and Douglas when the referee's not looking. They've grabbed the belts. They hit them back as the referee turns around. He sees, you know, the good guys have done the, the, the illegal move, disqualifies them. And um, and it creates a, you know that automatic rematch. We, we're ready for another shot. Absolutely, I like I like that idea a lot. And of course, our next pay per view is Super Brawl. Um, so I think we have a ready made match right there. Um, I I like that a lot. I like that idea of bringing those guys in. Now with our undercard, we don't have too much to work with down there. Um, and and in reality, when we look at it, there's not a ton getting built towards the future there either um so it's kind of uh it's kind of a a dead spot for the company uh when it comes down to who do we have down there and who can we start building towards the future i think i think this is where you've got two titles that are vacant um one's only just become vacant because the stein has only left you know at the beginning of the year as well but here'd be an opportunity that you could do a couple of you, know, you could pre- you could start to promote a tournament, whether it be the US title or the TV title, one or the other. You could have two or three matches on the undercard as first round matches. Not even the whole tournament. You're just getting here's a first round match of the US title tournament or the, or the TV title tournament. It allows you to build in a couple of guys that you can push towards. This could be a potential champion um, without having to actually put the belt on anyone at this point, but it starts that process of building some guys up, recognising here's some blokes that, we, that, that we're looking at using, here's some blokes that are going to play a bit of a role in this, in this title picture for a while, and, um, and, and it puts some meaning into the undercard. Yeah, and I look at the guys that we have here, Too Cold, Scotty Flamingo, Benoit, Brad Armstrong, and I say those are ready-made feuds for the TV title. Um, and I guess we can kind of transition out of the show and talk about what we're going to do with that title. Um, you and I had a little bit of, you know, two different sides of the coin on this. Um, but I think we both agree uh, Paul Orndorff is a guy that could put a lot of value in that championship. He's a guy that does end up winning the title in real life. Um, but he's a guy that we get that title on soon so that we can then build build that title up to what we want to do with it in the future. Um so maybe we can do that on a Saturday night. Now, while yeah, that on, on a TV show. What's that? I said, oh, yeah, you, you build it up. You do a couple of preliminary rounds there, but you have the title tournament finish on TV on a Saturday night. Yep. WCW Saturday night, the TV champion is crowned on television. I just think that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. In parallel to that, we also have this other title tournament kind of going on and I know that we may get into some some you know rough areas with this and and I was even thinking could we do kind of a round robin thing um you know where um you have guys like uh I'd say a Paul Orndorff a guy like um Dustin Rhodes um even a guy like Arn Anderson um and maybe a fourth guy like a Cactus Jack who are all top contenders for the, the U.S. title. And as they face each other on TV, 
they're getting it's kind of like that Iron Man tournament um, that they did in Starcade '89, and they're all getting like points, and then it builds to this um, builds to this event at Super Brawl where there's two matches, and after the first match, we have a U.S. champion, you know, um, at at large. But then it all depends on this final matchup um, to to determine, you know, if one person wins by this, they'll they'll get the title. If one, you know, or you know what I mean, there adds a lot of intrigue to that final matchup. What would you say to something like that? Um, it's it's certainly an interesting idea. I think that the the concern that I have for an idea like that is it could be a little bit, it could be a little bit complicated when you put it on the shoulders of. You know, say you've you've got a, a final match of of uh, of this this. So you, you know, the four people you've used, let's say Dustin Rhodes is is, is facing Arn Anderson. You know they're going to put on a solid a solid match. And you've got Dustin. You know, if Dustin Rhodes wins the match by pinfall or submission, he'll be the US champion. But if he doesn't win the match, if he only wins by DQ or or count out, he's he's not going to win the title. And you've got this idea that you know. It creates a lot of intrigue and could be really interesting, but from a viewer perspective, without commentators, it can become quite complex to yeah. to, get, to get your mind around. Whereas you could create the scenario that you that you were talking about, having the the guys meeting in matches on TV, the build up to the TV, they have this round robin thing, they're getting their points, but it just so happens by the by the magic of, of the results and by great booking that the the two men that have not met yet and are going to compete at Super Brawl at, uh, at Super Brawl just happen to be the two men who are in first and second and the winner of the match is going to win the title. Yeah, it could be that simple too. And and I think that with that um, we go into Super Brawl 3 from the Civic Center in Asheville. Um, here is the card that they had Steve Austin and Brian Pillman defeated Eric Watts and Marcus Bagwell. Too Cold defeated Chris Benoit. Davey Boy Smith. Oh, wait a second. We've got this brand new guy, hot from the WWF, roided up like nobody's business. Davey Boy Smith coming in. He defeats Bill Irwin. In a Falls Count Anywhere match, Cactus Jack defeated Paul Orndorff. Um, this is that Smoky Mountain match, I believe, is uh, the Rock and Roll Express defeating the Heavenly Bodies. U.S. Championship was Dustin Rhodes defeating Max Payne by DQ. Uh, NWA title, Barry Windham defeated the Great Muda to win the title. And then a White Castle, a Fear Strap match, Vader defeated Sting. So when we look at that, the first thing that we want to do is we want to say, how do we transition that um, U.S. title match in there somewhere? I, I think I think like, like, like we were talking about, whether it be a tournament final, whether it be the last match of a round robin, I think you could have the U.S. championship on the line in a yep. match. It's, the winner of the match is going to be the champion, whether it's a, a, been a knockout tournament and these are the last two blokes, whether it's a round-robin thing and the top two points getters just happen, happen to have not met yet and they're going to be competing for that championship. I think that needs to be there. And I think one of the things we threw out the idea of is you can have a bit of fun with this one and you could have, you could have Paul Orndorff, who has won the TV championship on a Saturday night in the last couple of weeks, is also in the U.S. title tournament, and you could build up a couple of pre-match angles, pre-match, you know, pre-match interviews of Orndorff saying, "You know, I'm Mr. Wonderful. I'm going to have two championship belts by the end of this, you know, by the end of tonight." And 
how great am I? And, and I think that will you know, create an intrigue. And then you've got, on the other hand, the person who, without giving too much away, but the, probably the likelihood is he's going to be the champion as his opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we would put Orndorff versus Rhodes. I think that's the way to go. I think that would that would make it fun. I think um, I, I, I think you you would want to in your, in your lead up. I think you, your cactus isn't ready to be in that position yet. I, if, you, if he's just being turned face, and you're going to be building him in the direction that they did, and I think the way they they attempted to build him and worked with him on that face turn was really good. You've got him in that position. I don't think you want him in the final. Um, and who did we who did we say we're looking at someone like Arn Anderson? I don't think. Uh, as like I said, as much as, as you can get a good match out of him, he is probably not seen in that light at this time. He's he's probably been underutilized for too long. He was a tag team wrestler for most of the previous year, and while he's got the reputation that he can slot in anywhere, I think that the intrigue of Rhodes versus Orndorff could Orndorff win two titles would just add something to that match, make it a little bit more interesting. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I guess the I just watched the Starcade the other day where, you know, it was the finals. If Flair won, he won. If Sting won, he won. But if either of them won by DQ or countout, then Luger won. And that that I guess is where my idea for that thing came from. Um and, and I like the idea. I think we both talked about Dustin Rhodes um walks out of Super Bowl with the US title. Um yeah. He he's the logical choice. Um, I agree, and I think and what you can do on on just throwing you know a side to the undercard with Paul Orndorff as TV champion in this match, you could have a couple of undercard matches. Like you mentioned, one of the undercard matches was Scorpio and Benoit. I mean, that would have been a fantastic match, and you could almost throw that out as the winner of that match is going to get a shot at the TV title yep. next week on Saturday night. Yeah, you know you've got that ability to use those undercard talents that we all know are fantastic in-ring performers, maybe not quite at the level they become, but there's a, there's a shot. Hey, they're going to have the winner of this match. We'll get a, a TV t- title match in two weeks on WCW Saturday night. Yep. And, and, and that creates, that gives you a, to make use of that undercard as well. And, and while we're on that same subject, the other, the other match that we built from last, uh, last month, is the TV t- or the tag team titles? Um, I think we both agreed uh, this is the night in which Pillman and Austin win those titles. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the that is the perfect. It's the perfect environment. I mean, you're moving into a time when championships are. You've got more events, more major TV events, more pay per view events. Why change the tag team championships on a house show? Yep. This is the time when you can really highlight these two blokes. The, 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 I mean, all four of them can have a good match, but you're going, this is the tag team we're, we're looking at using this year. This is the tag team that have got a lot of potential. Have a look at this. Yep. They win the title. They get a lot of heat in doing it. They cheat. They they steal. They, you know, they, they do everything dirty and nasty. You've got Steamboat in that match who can sell like crazy. And, uh, and make them both look like, you know, a million bucks. And, I mean, they were good wrestlers anyway. They're, you know, still not quite at their peak, but they were going to do, they're going to do a lot. You're going to get a great match out of those four. Absolutely. And, um, you know, obviously we have, we have this NWA tie-in with Wyndham, um, you know, getting the NWA title and kind of having it be one of the ones that we can utilize. Um, so we do have three, we have one, 
title being won at this show. We have um, a title changing hands, or two titles changing hands, and then of course we have our you know our world champion Vader defending against a guy who was, for all intents and purposes, the face of the promotion. Um, you know he has been for the last three or four years, and that sting. Um, I think that makes for a very good Super Bowl, and from that event, we're coming out and saying, hey, this is the way that we're, that we're moving forward, and these are the guys that we're going to use it with, and you know, now coming out of this, we have some big names coming in, especially even next month, uh, to go along with a guy like Davey Boy Smith, who is in our undercard. Um, and I, th- I think just just on that, I think the one thing, like when I, I had forgotten when you said Davey Boy's on the card, I'd actually forgotten he debuted that early. Yeah. But then you said he fought Wild Bill Earl, and I'm sitting there going, that's ridiculous. I would probably do something a bit more. I mean, Davey Boy came in. He, you, you're going to want to push him. This guy's just come off the big Intercontinental Championship win against Bret Hart in England. He, he's he's you know, he's big, he's he's good in the ring, um, he's also very quick. I'd be I'd be putting him in a match. This is where you could use Arn Anderson. Yep. First match, Davy Boy Smith versus Arn Anderson. Um, you know, it's not gonna hurt Anderson to lose to Davy Boy Smith, but it's gonna make Davy Boy Smith look a lot better. Because while I said before that look, Arn Anderson might not be the US champion final sort of person at this point. At the same time, he's still got that reputation of this is Arn Anderson, the enforcer, the man who's been a tag champion, a TV champion, member of the Horseman, member of the Dangerous Alliance. I think that would just really make Davy Boy Smith look good going over him. Oh, absolutely. I, I like it a lot. And uh, I think that builds to um, what we're going to you know, go towards here at Slamboree in 1993. Um, from the Omni in Atlanta, this is a Legends reunion show, the first one that they did. Now, we've got a couple Legends matches on here, which I think you and I can both, you know, kind of just balk and close our eyes at and, you know, accept them for what they are. Um, let's see what we've got here. For Legends matches, we've got Wahoo, Blackjack, and Jim Brunzel um, doing a no contest with Dick Murdoch, Don Morocco, and Jimmy Snuka. Um a Legends match, Brad Armstrong is a legend. Um, and Thunderbolt Patterson uh, defeat Ivan Koloff and Baron Von Raschke. Dory Funk and Nick Bockwinkel go to a time limit draw. On uh, our matches, we've got Too Cold and Marcus Bagwell, who are um, a pretty darn good tag team at this point. Uh, they defeat Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit, so I think we've got some legit contenders coming up there. And then we've got a big guy coming back, and that is Big... Sid Vicious. Um, geez, I'm a huge Sid fan. I always have been. He defeats Van Hammer. And then we've got Rick Rude coming back. Him and Paul Orndorff defeat Dustin Rhodes and Kensuke Sasaki. So we've got a lot of intrigue with Dustin Rhodes right now to go along with Rude and Orndorff. We've got a bounty match with Sting defeating the Prisoner, which that match is terrible. Um, a steel cage match with Steve Austin and Brian Pillman defeating Dos Hombres, which was, um, I believe it was Zinc and Douglas or Zinc and Steamboat. 
Um, one of those two guys was out. Yeah, it was it was it was it was Zenk and Steamboat because yep. Douglas was was out with an injury. Yep. And then we have our world title, our NWA title match. Barry Windham defeats Arn Anderson, and then our WCW world title match. Big Van Vader lo- loses to Davy Boy by a DQ. Now, when I look at this card and I look at what you and I have been doing for the past two months, there's not a lot on here that is terrible. Um. There's a couple of things I would like to switch. The biggest one is I would not ever do the prisoner match with Sting. I would actually put Sting in that contest with Dustin Rhodes to face Rude and Orndorff. I think that would be a pretty good money match. The, the, only, the only concern I have about that is, and I, and I agree that it would be a money match, but then you, you, you again, you've got Orndorff as your TV champion who hasn't defended this title on a major event. Uh, yet, mm-hmm. um, and it's just something to, to throw out there. Is is there another option? Is 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 there another option to, to team up with with Rude? And I guess I throw out the question mark with what we have put together the previous month with Davy Boy going over Arn Anderson. Is Arn Anderson the man you want in a match against Barry Windham for the NWA title? Mm-hmm. Because you could put Arn Anderson with Rick Rude against against um, Sting and, and Dustin Rose, you're gonna have just as you're gonna have just as good a match, and then you can find another opponent for Barry Windham. Well, you know, one guy. Um, let me see if let me throw this one at you. How about Rick Rude says, you know, he's coming back and he's gonna be facing Dustin Rhodes and Sting, and Rick Rude's got a partner that nobody is ever gonna know about, and that's where you bring in Sid Vicious. Oh, and that's, that would be a nice that would be a nice way to, to debut Sid, and that would allow you to to peel off out of that match a Sting versus Sid, which actually series. happens. Yeah, so you could you could set that up really well. It's the it's the surprise partner. It's the you know, Rude says I'm not even going to tell you before we get there. I've got a surprise partner. You know, he, he, you know. I, he could talk. He could throw in little little hints, like you know. You imagine Rick Rude. I've got the most vicious partner anyone could find, and he'll be joining me at at, at that you know at that at that event. You know, you know. He, I've got this big man who, who's you know who's you know. Even I'm worried about what he's going to do in the ring. You could throw out those ideas of playing into what people knew of Sid. Um, without actually naming him before the event, and I think, yeah, because this we said this was a clash. Is this a slamboree, isn't yep. it? So it's the Legends reunion. I, I'm not sure, you know, announcing Sid ahead of time is going to necessarily get a lot of big buys, but I think the shock value of him appearing on pay per view um, is going to generate buzz coming out of the event. You're going to be sitting, gee, I wish I watched that event. If I'd known Sid was going to be on, well, okay, maybe we could have told you yeah. and got a couple more buys. But I think the reality is you're going to get more interest of the shock of him appearing coming out of the event going forward. Yep. Um, now, this event does take place in May. Now, there's an angle that happens in April that I think you and I can both throw out the window, and that's the Cactus Jack angle where he's homeless and he gets lost and he gets beaten up by Vader. Now, now that, but that angle, now, are you, are you talking about the lost, in, yep. the lost in Cleveland? Lost in Cleveland, yeah. But the background to that angle, I would want to keep. Yep. I just wouldn't want to do the lost in Cleveland. I would want Vader to have powerbombed Cactus Jack on the floor 
none of this, and I know I've read, I, I'm, I'm sure you have too, I've read um, Mick Foley's first book and he talks about how he listened to the commentary and he was very disappointed by what he heard and how they could have put it over more than they did. That's what I would be, I would be putting it over is this big thing, having the commentators put over that, you know, big, here's Vader putting out these blokes, he's injured him, he's put him on the shelf, the guy's got a head injury and he's in hospital. Yep. Right? And leave it, leave it there, um, and don't do the stupid angles. No, nope. and, and <laughs> don't I think the stupid vignettes. From there, um, I want to do Orndorff versus Benoit. Yeah, oh, that's a nice match. Oh, right, well, and, and, but we'd have to change something from earlier with Bobby Eaton and Benoit versus Too Cold and Marcus Bagwell. But I think we can move that. We can move those things around. And even Bobby Eaton wouldn't be a bad challenger for for Orndorf either. You know what I mean? Kind of a, a throwback, somebody who's a former champion. Um, put put Orndorff against somebody who he's going to be able to beat and he's going to be able to do some good work with. Um, even Actually, two I, like or- idea, I like the idea of the former champion, and I'll come back to it later. If you, if, you, if, you, if you can picture where I'm going, though, I like the idea of Orndorff even saying, I'm going to beat, you know, you're a former TV champion. I'm the best TV champion ever. I'm going to beat... Eaton, I'm going to beat Arn Anderson. I'm going to beat all these blokes yep. who, who've been previous TV champions. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know exactly where that's going to go, and I'm, I like it. Um, now we do have a guy like Ron Simmons who's available. Um, I, I guess Ron Simmons is is really destructed by this part. Do we want to put him in there rather than Arn Anderson, or are we okay with Arn at this point staying in that match? What, what about did, um. So who who did you say? Um, do we have an NWA title match on this on this card? Yeah, it's Barry Windham defeating Arn Anderson. What what yeah, what if we put what if you put Ron Simmons in that position? Yeah, Barry Windham, Ron Simmons. You know, it's it's we, all, we everyone knows at this point that the NWA title is not being viewed at the same level as the WCW title. But you've got a man who's just been WCW champion, just come out of another match with Vader, and I think that would be a good. A good thing for Wyndham, a good solid win for Wyndham over Ron Simmons, I think would be would be valuable, and, and it's still utilizing Ron Simmons in a strong way rather than in um, in a mediocre nothing environment. Yeah, and I think then and then we can move Arn Anderson into that match with Paul Orndorff. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we keep oh, yeah. keep a lot of that stuff the same, and I think this is a real good throwback show. When it comes down to it, then there's a lot of really good intrigue, especially at that main event level, that upper mid card level. We've got some really good, solid guys in there now. Um, we've got our champions who are all established for another show, um, and that's building to our Clash of the Champions. Now, are we going to have time to go through this clash here, Dave? Oh, I think we've, I think we can we can go through one more card. All yes. right, let's do this clash, and then we're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, so this Clash of Champions is from the Scope in Norfolk. Um, on the card, originally, we had Ron Simmons defeating Dick Slater. Steven Regal, ooh, who's this guy? He's going to defeat Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Max Payne defeats Johnny B. Bad by forfeit. NWA title, Barry Windham defeats Two Cold Scorpio. We have Big Van Vader, Sid Vicious, and Rick Rude defeat Dustin Rhodes, Sting, and Davey Boy Smith. And then we have a colossal tag team. Two out of three falls match. Arn Anderson and Ric Flair defeat Pillman and Austin, but do not win the titles because one of the falls was a DQ. Um, I, I, honestly, looking at this card, 
I think we keep the two main event matches. This is Ric Flair coming back. I forgot to announce Ric Flair does come back in February. He's doing his talk show segment. It builds to that big point, um, obviously, with our, our big match that we can finally have him in in the, in the scope. Um, I'm all for that two out of three falls match. I'm all for that six-man match because we've been building to that point with everything that we did last month and the previous months. Um, underneath card, Barry Windham versus Two Cold Scorpio. Is that the best that we've got? Look, I, I think there's got to be some. I mean, oh. I wonder. This is this is a spot where you can use. Look, they've been they had Kensuke Sasaki on the last event. We we ended up ditching him, but maybe this is a, a, an event where you could bring in a Japanese, a, 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 a high level Japanese guy. Maybe not Muda, but you know, like a Kensuke Sasaki or. Well, or, it, know, it could even be Muda though, because that's who he won the title from. Yeah, it could be Muda for a rematch, yep. and, and 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 maybe utilize. Someone like that, surely it's better than... I just... Putting him against Scorpio, as much as... like I mean, Scorpio is a good in-ring performer, but not in, in 1993 and not even in 1998 when he was, you know, you know well, 96 in ECW, whatever, 95 in ECW, he's never going to be viewed as a world champion no. challenger. I mean, I remember he was the one that lost to... Shane Douglas in the NWA tournament, which was the whole crowning, the whole sort of launch of extreme championship wrestling. You know, Douglas throws the belt down and all that. Yeah. But when I when I look at that tournament, I look at that and I just go, but Douglas beat Scorpio. It doesn't, it just doesn't ring. And I think in 93, it's definitely not going to ring. I think you need someone else in that match. And I think, um, I think I like Muda there. Um, I also want to continue the angle that we've been doing. I want... Paul Orndorff to defeat uh, Bobby Eaton on this show for the TV mm. title. Yeah, I like that. I like and that I think, over the Max yeah. Payne and and even the Ron Simmons thing. I, I don't, I don't like those matches aren't meaning anything anymore. No, no. I think look, I mean, look, you probably want to find something. I mean, Ron Simmons has been had a couple of major losses in a row. Look, I, I don't think there's an issue with finding an undercard heel that Ron Simmons can go over. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a problem here. You want to. You want to, if you want to keep using Ryan Simmons, you're going to have to give him some wins at some point. He's a former world champion. Probably find someone he can go over. I don't think that's an issue here. I think that the, like you said, the, the big keys are the, the those main event matches. You know, Ric Flair is back, and this is a showcase for for Flair. Uh, I think it's a a great opportunity to to put him over. Now, the question I have for you, because my memory is a little bit hazy. We're talking about Flair's return in February, and we've had you know, he'll be doing his you know, Flair for the Gold TV segments, which sort of led to the you know, the blondes coming out and mocking them and doing the Flair for the Old and building up this match. But when did they reform the Horseman? Uh, that's coming up. I'm actually I've actually got the uh, Horseman DVD on in the background. Um, let's that's look. That's a great DVD. Too. Yeah, it is, and it's at the part with Pillman and. I'm always a, a Pillman fan. I don't, you know, we can get to that on another day. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I believe that uh, it's in February that they talk about this. And then in March, they um, they they really start doing it again. And, um, and then I see, yeah, in March, it, it's kind of the, it's kind of the, 
the real the the well just a second here looking back Roma and Anderson started teaming together in June so it's it's around that time because I'm just I'm just I I throw it out there because I mean we haven't covered we're not really covering a lot of what's happening and that's where we're at in the show too we're, we're, I don't I wouldn't have Roma in the horse no not not at all and so the reason I throw it out I only raise that now is because a couple of ideas throwing out there I mean who I mean, I just want to know: are we are we naming horsemen yet, or does it happen after this Clash of Champions? Let's let's do it after this Clash, and let's look at what we have coming up because in because Be- I, yeah, at Beach Blast in July, use, yeah, you could use the Flair Anderson match, like Flair and and Flair's there. Anderson is his old running buddy. You know, Pillman and Austin have made fun of them. We have this great two out of three falls match, but throughout the match. You can have the commentators talking about it's the horsemen. The horsemen, are, these two guys were, were the foundation of the horsemen. They're back together. What could this mean going forward? Whether the game, what could this mean for the company? Are, the, are they going to bring the four horsemen completely back together? You, know, you could have those question marks as, as, a, as, an, as an aside to the match that's going on. The commentators can build it, which gives you that that bit of the, that slow build for for the, the horsemen. You know, I mean, the whole build-up to that match, you can have Austin. You know, Austin and Pillman do their their spoof. They do their flair for the old. They dress up like they did. They mock them. And you could have the commentators talking about, you don't mock these two. These two were horsemen. You know, that's not, you've got to remember, it's not normally just two of them. Normally there's four, you know, and yeah, you could have what was it? I don't know if it was Jesse the Body at this yep, time. Yeah, Jesse you know, and not, Tony are on this yeah. show, I believe. And you, you could have Jesse saying, "But it's not four. There's only two of them now. There's not four horsemen at the moment." And you could have Tony saying, "But Jesse, I've been here for a long time, and I can tell you now, when where Flair and Anderson are concerned, there's always four. Yeah. And and you don't you don't bring out the other horsemen." Early on, you let them Flair and Anderson have their match against the against the Blondes. It tears the house down just as it does in real life. But you've got that build up, and you could even you could even have talk going on through that match of who could be potential horsemen. Yep. Who could they have with them? I mean, Barry Windham's the NWA champion. You know, utilizing that you know that who's been there before. You know, or. Yeah, Arn Anderson used to team with Bobby Eaton. Could Bobby Eaton be a possible future horseman? Yeah, you know, and and, and Jesse, Sid Vicious is there. Is he a guy? Um, yeah, and then and, and you, you, and could, you could have you could have Jesse saying, but but Tony, the horsemen are dead. Yeah, you know, these two. They, this is just Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, and it's you know you got the two commentators with that dichotomy pushing and not pushing the angle. I think it adds a bit more intrigue as. You know, the blondes and and um, and Flair and Anderson just tear the house down. And 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 even what if and what if Pillman and Austin are guys that are being groomed to be horsemen? What if Flair and Anderson are, are testing them out? You know, there's a lot of intrigue that can go into that. And I think that's have, oh, I could picture Jesse even saying something like that. Jesse saying. Austin and Pillman are just like blo- just like um, Tully Blanchard and Arne Anderson were. Yeah. I mean, these guys, they're a machine, they're this, they're that, you know. They'd be perfect horsemen. They're probably better than the real horsemen. Yeah. 
Oh, I like it a lot, and I like where we're at. And like we said, now we've gotten to that middle point um, because there is actually no uh, Great American Bash this year. Um, but Beach Blast is kind of our midway point. Um, that's where we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and we're going to come right back. Um, but now we've, we've gotten through June. We've got a lot of questions being answered. We've got a lot of questions being asked on top of it. Vader's on top. He's our world's champion. Barry Windham is right underneath him as the NWA champion. We've got Dustin Rhodes having a pretty decent U.S. title run, even though we haven't really done it on, on major TV, but he has been defending that title. Uh, Orndorff has been defending that uh, television championship. And then uh, Anderson, or, uh, Pillman and Austin have been defending the tag team titles. Rick Flair's back. Him and Anderson are teaming. Sid Vicious is back. Rick Root is back. Sting and Davy Boy are showing to be a good team. We've got a guy like Steven Regal who is fresh on the scene. We've got a guy like Cactus Jack who's waiting in the wings. And we've got a couple more months here to build to that final um, that final show to see just who is how is this WCW going to end up and, and where are we going to be with um, where we started, where we're at right now in the middle, and then where we're going to end at. I think it's going to be. I think it's. I think what we've what we've built. A couple of this, these storylines we've built. I think have would be things that people be sitting there going, you know, bring it on. Let's let's see where are we going next. I think I think it really creates a lot of intrigue. I think as a fan, I would be sitting there, you know, watching these events and then going, hurry up! I want to see the next instalment on TV. I want to know who who's going to be out there. I want to know, you know, what's going to happen next. And I think, I think you know, you've got some real momentum building here. Absolutely. Um, just got done talking about that Clash of the Champions. The biggest thing that we're looking at right now is who is going to be our horseman? Who is going to be a guy that could possibly fit into that role? Um, we've done the beginning of the year here, as people have listened on, and now it's time to, to finish this thing off and look at the, the second half of the year going from July to December. Um, when you think about where we're at right now, Vader has had this huge run. Is there, is there any, uh, part of you that's saying, you know, we need to get the title off Vader or are we still full bore with him? I I think, I think we're still full, full bore with him. I think, I think he's the man that's really holding that all together. He's, he's that, that monster heel who is, um, you know, he, he's vicious, he's brutal, everyone wants a shot at him, but he's legitimately keeping that belt. And that, that means that when he gets beaten, it's going to be a big thing. Yep. Um, all right, so now in order to set up this show, I want to say what we had first, and then I want to go back and we'll see what we need to change with it. So on the original show from Biloxi, uh, Mississippi, on uh, July the 18th, Orndorff defeated Ron Simmons. Too Cold and Max or Marcus Bagwell defeated Tex Lassinger and Shanghai Pierce. Stephen Ringel, Stephen Regal defeated Eric Watts. Johnny B. Bad defeated Max Payne. World Tag Team Championships. Uh, Pillman and Austin defeated Anderson and Roma. In an Iron Man match for the vacant U.S. title, Rick Rude um, battled Dustin Rhodes to a one-to-one draw. It was 30 minutes, I believe. And then. Uh, NWA title match, Ric Flair defeated Barry Windham for the title. And then in the main event, we've got Davey Boy and Sting defeating Sid and Vader. I remember that being a huge angle in 93 with them, uh, the Masters of the Powerbomb. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, um, I, 
down here in Australia, we didn't we, we did get some WCW, not a lot, but I remember that the the PWI magazines and all that those sort of sister magazines really running a big several stories about the whole Davy Boy Smith Sting versus Sid and and um, Sid and Vader. I remember that quite clearly being a really big angle they were pushing. And I, and I think that you and I, what we've set up here over the last couple months with this little feud that we've had going on, I think we can both agree that that's a pretty decent match to stay stay in there. Yeah, I think I, I don't think it's a problem keeping it in there. Um, I, I think that it's you've got the two guys that you've brought in on a big push with Sid and Davy Boy. You got the two guys that are already at the top of the card. Um, it's a shame we can't have another. We're not going to run another title match here. But I think at the same point, the direction that things are going, this would be a uh, a match worthy of, of of putting on. And knowing that, you know, I think the original plans to possibly build to a you know, in the real world, WCW were building towards Vader versus Sid, and you could you, know, you could see the potential and why they would do that. And this match creates the beginning of that. Absolutely. All right, first thing we got to do is we got to look at um, that World Tag Team title match. It's got Anderson and Roma. Roma comes in on the flare for the gold, and they introduce him as a horseman. You and I both agree that's not the right thing to do. Instead of Paul Roma walking out that night, not being a kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing son of a gun, who is the guy that walks out? I, I Personally, I see one of two options in my mind. One option is you're looking at maybe you could bring in Bobby Eaton. Now, Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton were legit friends behind the scenes. Bobby Eaton, long-time stay in the company, former tag partner of Arn. You could see those two teaming up again, and it wouldn't be an issue. And Bobby Eaton certainly has the mechanics in the ring to fit the image. Now, that's one option. The other option I'd like to throw out there, and I know it's not a potential long-term option, but I think... In the in the when you take a wider view of what happens in the future, I'm talking about going ahead four or five years, um, or even longer. A man in the company who could be a prospective candidate would be a young Chris Benoit. I could see him doing exactly what they did with Paul Roma, but a bet, he's a better mechanic. He's a better image. He's a he's a um, you know he, he would fit the position better. And then in the future, they can even refer back to the fact that he was the horseman. So when they rebuild the horseman in 96 with Pillman and, and Benoit and Arn and Flair, realistically, all you're doing is just adding Pillman into the mix rather than adding in two men. I just think it create, you know, that you've got there's pros and cons either way. The, uh, the, the, the con being that, that Benoit is still very young, very, very new to the company. But at the same time, the, the negative negative trait for Bobby Eaton would be there's been a lot of history of him not being involved with the horseman. He's not the greatest talker in the world either. And I, and I, I am 100% for Chris Benoit being a part of the horseman at this point. Um, I think that without a shadow of a doubt, he's a guy that could use the rub and he's a guy that could use um, his skills at this point to be the man he was there. Um, he'll be with the company through August, and I think that's all we really need him for um, as we begin to set up what our other feuds are down the line. Now, we're going to have to get creative with some of the things that we do, but I think for this two- to three-month span, Anderson, Benoit, Flair, and Ole are the way that we go. Now, with this uh, matchup, 
I still like seeing Austin and Pillman defeat them. Um, are you okay with that one? Yeah, I think I think we want. I would like the Hollywood Blondes run to continue. I think at this point they've really gathered steam. I mean, in both in both our booking and in reality, this is where they really picked up steam. They had a lot of momentum, uh, really putting on some really entertaining matches and good antics at ringside and good antics in their interviews. And this, it really, it, it's a flow on from the previous month of, of Anderson and Flair. But it's just, it, it really creates a, 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 another dynamic. I think to, to keep the belts on, on the blondes at the moment is the right way to go. Absolutely. All right, so that handles one of our titles. Let's go to the television championship, and that's Paul Orndorff. And he beat Ron Simmons by DQ. I think you and I discussed how Ron Simmons, he needs a little bit of a build to try to get back in the winning ways. And I, I'm really okay with him losing this contest to Paul Roma, or uh, Paul Orndorff, I mean. Um I think Orndorff has legitimized the uh, the television championship, um, and we kind of move forward with him from there. Yeah, I think I think so. We gave Ron Simmons a win the previous month. That would that would make it a, a legitimate thing. And you know, I'll admit, you know, Ron Simmons is, is, has been pushed down the card. We've we've done it too. We've had him lose a couple of matches. So now it's not unreasonable to think that Ron, in a competitive Real competitive match is um, is is gonna is gonna drop this match to to Orndorff. I think it's one of those matches where you want. I'd almost want it to look like you could do one of those double pin situations. Even you could have Ron hit the a German suplex or something where it's like that double pin and Orndorff dro- rolls the shoulder at the last minute. So everyone thinks Ron Simmons has won the match. And then they announced that Paul Orndorff has won the match. I think you could get away with it in this situation. I, I completely agree. Um, I think that's a that's a good way to go with it. Um, next up is our Iron Man match for the... Now, they say the vacant title. We've had Dustin Rhodes uh, being the U.S. champion. I think that we continue that here. He walks into the match as the champion against the former champion, Rude. Do you still like it going to a draw? Yeah, I think I think this is good. This is Rude basically coming back saying, "This is my title. I never lost this title. Give it back." Um, the, the whole standing remains the same. Rhodes and Rhodes and um, and Ravishing Rick can have a great match. They're gonna have a great match. I think uh, a one-all draw allows for uh, a rubber match down the road. Allows it, it legitimizes Dustin. It keeps Rude looking strong. Um, and it's going to you know, allows you to use some other things going out. I don't think Dustin needs to get a win over Ravishing Rick at this point. I think you can build for another month, and uh, and and you know, Dustin's had the wins. He's won the title. He's had some wins. So to have a draw here isn't going to hurt either of them. No, absolutely not. Um, and we got Ric Flair defeating Barry Windham for the NWA title. And I would keep that match in. I think this is this is the thing. This is where. You know, the Nature Boy starts to come back into his own. You know, he, he's winning the NWA title. Um, I think that was the whole reason that was ever put on Barry Windham in the first place was to get it back on Rick. And I, I would do the same thing because I think this Rick Flair with the world title begins uh, opens up a series of opportunities for other guys down the track that we want to utilize, oh. other storylines that we're wanting to build to. Absolutely. 
Um, we got two cold and Marcus Bagwell. I think they're okay with that match. Um, the only against, that's the one against the Godwins. Yeah. Yep. The only other one I would switch is Steven Regal defeating Eric Watts. I would actually bring in Paul Roma in that role. I would have Paul Roma kind of be a babyface type deal. Um, and have him come in and uh, you know, have a guy who loses cleanly to uh to Steven Regal, another guy that we're building up for something big down the line. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I'm not sure about the timeline of everything. If I know that I know I was listening recently to I don't know if you heard uh, when Regal did um, an interview with on um, Chris Jericho's podcast. Okay. And he talked. It was a real good, really good. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Chris Jericho's um, podcast series. He he did an interview with uh, with Regal recently, and Regal spoke about how when he first came to the company, he was just who he was, British Stephen Regal, and it wasn't until later in the year when they started to do the Lord Stephen Regal gimmick. I don't remember exactly where this match fits into it, but in my timeline, knowing the benefits of the Lord Stephen Regal gimmick, I would be that gimmick would be on him by now. I would have him in that gimmick, really starting to build it. Whether it's Roma or Watts, I don't think it matters. You want someone who can take a fall, take a loss to this this guy who's really building some momentum. Awesome. All right, now we've got an I, – I think we're set there. Um, Davey Boy and Sting defeat Sid and Vader. I, I'm good with that. Flair winning. Um, Dustin and Rude going to a draw. Uh, Austin and Pillman winning – or retaining the titles. Uh, and Orndorff uh, retaining the, the title there. The only guy I don't see on here is Ricky Steamboat. Um, I'm wondering if something was going on with him during this time, and that's kind of something that we'll just have to work around. I think, I think. look, he might not have been on the card. He might have been injured, might not. But that's something where you could have him as a guest ringside commentator for a match, whether it be the, you know, the U.S. title match or or maybe the television championship match or you know, a ringside interview. I think it'd be, it might have even been interesting to have him commentate, be a guest commentator on the Orndorff-Ron Simmons match uh, because I think that, that, that creates um, a bit of background to where we're going to be going with the TV title. And uh, I think that would make for, you know, that, that utilizes him. He's, he's at the arena. He, he's a part of the show. He's not out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, he doesn't need to be competing to be involved. Absolutely. All right, so here we go to the Clash of Champions 24 in Ocean at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach. This is on August 18th. Now, this is where we run into kind of one of our problems by making uh, Chris Benoit, excuse me, a horseman. He's gone Six days after this, and he isn't in uh, WCW anymore. So, on the original card, though, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma defeated Steve Austin and Steven Regal, subbing for Brian Pillman to win the tag titles. Two Cold Scorpio defeated Bobby Eaton. Johnny B. Bad defeated Max Payne again. TV Championship Ricky Steamboat defeated Paul Orndorff to win the title. Sting and Ric Flair beat the Colossal Kongs. Hawk and Dustin Rhodes defeated the Equalizer and Rick Rude. And then uh, World Championship, Big Van Vader defeated Davey Boy Smith. First thing right off the bat, we've got to figure out what we're going to do with the Tag Team Championships. Now, Pillman's heard it at this time. He's not going to be coming back for a little bit. Um, Austin is obviously a great wrestler. Who, you know, How do we end up getting where we want to go with this because of the fact that we took out Benoit and he won't be back for another couple of days or he'll be gone in a couple of days. I think, I think um, 
the, the situation you, you've got to look at here is um, do do we need Austin and Pillman? And I know it's not Pillman. Do we need them to drop the straps in a match now? I think it's realistic um, that they could they could be stripped of the title due to injury, and that could create um, that could create one one lot of tension when when uh, Pillman comes back. Austin could be mad at him for getting hurt. Um, and I think the the, re, the real life situation where Austin had a, a substitute partner, and then when Pillman comes back in in from his injury, Pillman's turned face, and it doesn't you can't draw back on anything because if anyone would be angry it would be Pillman angry at Austin for having a substitute partner yeah I think I think if you had a situation where they they get stripped of the titles because of because of injury here um, you can you can then go a different direction with the tag titles when Pillman returns you've got a ready-made storyline Austin is angry at Pillman for getting injured and costing him his world tag team championship. And that's something you can utilise and create an un- another underlying tone to the what end up happening with Austin and Pillman down the track. It allows you then to you could still have a title match here with a substitute, but the match maybe you know maybe Austin gets a, a roll up on on Benoit. Maybe we cancel the tag team match altogether. And Steve Austin wrestles Arn Anderson one on one. That was that was going to be my my uh, suggestion. There is is could we do a one on one match um, between Austin and Anderson, which would have been great at that point in both of these guys' careers. Um, yeah, and, and I think have, that we can have Benoit at ringside. You could actually announce this was supposed to be the tag titles. Pillman's not Pillman's injured at the moment. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. The tag title match has been has been scrapped, but we're going to have Austin versus Arn Anderson, Benoit in his corner, and let's see what happens. Yep. And I think from that, then we've got to switch something else up because I want Stephen Regal on the card. Um, now we've got two matches that we can play with: Two Cold Scorpio and Bobby Eaton, and then Johnny B. Bad and Max Payne. I am completely okay with. Either of those matches, um, I kind of like the idea of Steven Regal beating Johnny B. Bad a little bit I more. Was just th- I was just thinking the same thing. I think that would be a great uh, a great match because by this time Johnny B. Bad was becoming not, was, was becoming a, a, an okay. You know, he was starting to become a bit of a decent worker to, to watch, and and I think it would make it would make sense to to put Lord you know, Regal over him would would certainly look you know be not a bad match. Absolutely. I like Too Cold and Bobby Eaton. Something about that match seems good with me. Um, you know, good workers at this point. And, um, yeah. We can run oh, with that'd that. Be, that'd be a good match to watch, yeah. And then we've got our, our TV championship. Ricky Steamboat defeats Paul Orndorff. We've been setting this up for a while. Um, like you talked about having uh, Ricky Steamboat at Beach Blast and the commentary booth. Um, I think that works really well with him, uh, you know, winning the and title. Think, yeah, and I think the build-up, as we were talking before, the build-up to this match is... Um, Paul Orndorff is talking about how he's the greatest TV champion ever. He's beaten a string of past champions, you know, the Bobby Eatons, the Arn Andersons. He's the greatest of the of the TV champions. Out comes Ricky Steamboat. You haven't beaten me yet. I'm, you know, I'm a former champion. Well, Orndorff can even call him out. Steamboat's next, and Steamboat takes him to school. Absolutely, clean win, beautiful, beautiful match. The two could put on uh, a solid match here, and and. Ricky Steamboat ends the reign of Paul Orndorff. 
All right, let's keep going down the line. Sting and Ric Flair versus the Kongs. Um, this is going to change. You, you want to change this. What do you want to do with, with both of these guys here? Look, I think my, my issue is, and I, I'm not sure what you do with, with Sting, but I think the issue you have here is Ric Flair has just won the NWA title at the last pay-per-view, and now we've got him in a tag team match. And and it's not just a, you know, it's not like Rick, Rick and Sting are wrestling Sid and Vader. They're wrestling the Kongs, who are nobodies, who are nothing. Um, I think Flair needs to be in a championship match. I think an NWA title match is the way to go. Even a rematch. This could be a rematch against uh, Wyndham. It could be a match against Muda. What about uh, well, real quick, real quick, one idea. What about Sting and Ric Flair versus Sid and Barry Wyndham? That could work. That could work. And the only reason um, why is I don't want to overshadow our first WCW title match in a while. And that, and that's fair enough. And I could see that certainly working. And that would that would have a lot more juice to it than than what was put on. I, I can handle that as a match, provided there's a lot of emphasis. You want to emphasis on the fact that Wyndham Wyndham wants revenge on you know maybe even even Wyndham and Sid saying you know. I'm going to pin Flair, and that's going to make me the number one contender to that NWA title. And I think we also have to remember that at this time, uh, the NWA and WCW were not getting along very well. So um, I'm wondering if uh, if we have to kind of tread waters lightly there. Um, yeah, oh, look, it's um, we, we know what ends up happening. We know that the NWA get, get ticked off that, WCW were taking over the booking of that title, and they end up pulling pulling the the, the official nature of the title. We all know where that goes, um, and and uh, I think it's it's reasonable to, to be cautious to it. I, I think that we are wanting to make a big deal of the fact that Flair has won a world title, and I don't mind this tag match in in the idea that you could see Siddle Windham saying, you know, backstage pre-interview. We're teaming up for one goal. We both want to. We both want to show Flair that we're the better man. Whoever pins him, we want a shot. And I and I'm looking back. You know, thanks to Graham Koth on the history of WWE, there is a little incident here where Rick Rude is saying that he's the world's champion as well. Um, and I'm guessing that will build to our uh, fall ball fall brawl pay per view. Um, where they were stripping the NWA name from it. So I'm okay with us not having that there just because of that kind of controversy. Um, now, Hawk and Dustin Rhodes versus the Equalizer and Rick Rude. Um, Rick Rude and uh, David Sullivan uh, is the Equalizer. Um, yeah, ugh, is right. I- is it possible here for us to have that rubber match with, with Rick Rude and Dustin Rhodes? They've had a draw at the last pay-per-view. Can we not put them in something here... Cage match, strap match, something that we can end this feud and end it in a way that Dustin keeps the belt but Rude stays strong. I and that's what we have to do because, um, you know, in August we've got some big plans for Rude and um, now he does do a best of uh, a best of three series because the title is vacant in real life. So I think that. I think that we're okay. I think that we're okay with Rude beating him, or Rude losing to Dustin Rhodes, because that's what happens in, in real life anyways. So um, let's go ahead with that. Let's go ahead with um, kind of the big rubber match. You know, we're building it yeah, up in a big way. But I think I think it's one of those matches where maybe you could, this is a match where you could have the ref bump happen, 
um, and Rude gets like hits the Rude Awakening and has the visual pin for the audience that shows Rude has won, should have won the match. Rude then goes and tries to get the ref up or whatever, and in that process, Dustin rolls him up from behind, gets the win. Um, Rude's furious, but you, yeah, you've got that legitimate. Rude could have been walked away with the title, and so he looks strong in the process, uh, but Rhodes has come away with the belt. I agree. And then uh, Big Van Vader defeating Davy Boy Smith. I think we're okay with that. Um, Davy's run at the top has kind of dwindled at this point, you know, but still pretty good, pretty good showing for him, uh, yeah, you know, I, losing to Vader here. Yeah, well, I think I think the way we've built him up in the, in our in our version, we've had him looking strong going up. We didn't really talk about who get the pin the previous month on Beach Blast, but I probably would have had Davy Boy pin Vader to mm-hmm. set this match up. So yeah. it, it, this is this is a very big match for a TV for free to air TV, um, and Vader gets the win. He needs to continue to look strong. He gets the win. Uh, Davy Boy served his purpose. He's, he's been built up. He's had a good good series. He's had a title shot, and now we look at doing something else with him. And one of the most important things that happens right after the show is that we reintroduce a former uh, wrestler, a guy who's been kind of on the shelf, and that's Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack has to start making his return on television, and the feud is with him and Vader. Um, but Harley Race has obviously got his his uh, cronies, his his guns for hire um, to set up that match down the line. And we see the first one of those coming up at Fall Brawl at the uh, Astro Arena in Houston on uh, September the 19th. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, we, we, we also have some interesting stuff that we're going to have to work around here. Um, television Championship, I think we can both agree this is kind of where this was going. Steven Regal defeats Ricky Steamboat to win the title. I think you and I can both agree that at this point, Steven Regal is kind of our golden goose as a guy who's going to be our working man's champion, and giving him that title is going to be a great thing for us to do um, for the future of our company and what we're going to be doing uh, with him down the line. I agree. I think I think that's where we want it to go. We've been building it. Regal was, in my opinion, one of the best TV champions that WCW had in the pay-per-view era. I, I don't want to talk about the... The 80s when you had your Dusty Rhodes and your Tully Blanchards and your Arne Andersons who had some good TV title reigns. But in that 19, you know, sort of 1990 on where the, you know, or maybe even 88 after Mike Rotundo won the TV title and, you know, destroyed its image. I think that Lord Stephen Regal is probably one of the best TV champions of the entire 1990s and possibly the last great television champion. I, I completely agree. Um, we got Charlie Norris defeating Big Sky. Ugh. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Bagwell. Again, this nice team defeats Paul Orndorff in the Equalizer. Um, I'm going to make a switch right there off the bat. Paul Orndorff is going to be teaming with Paul Roma. I, I liked Pretty Wonderful. I really enjoyed that team. Yeah, look, that, that Paul Roma, when he started teaming with Paul Orndorff, that worked for me. Roma was never a horseman, but his arrogance was believable in Pretty Wonderful. And they were in they weren't that bad a team. I know that there's some bad reputation stuff around Roma, but what they presented as a team was was enjoyable to watch. And and here's the thing. Arne Anderson and Paul Roma wasn't a bad team either. Okay? I Paul Roma is a good tag team wrestler. And at this point we're putting him with somebody that needs it. 
And and I think that they put on they put on a pretty decent match here with Two Cold and Marcus Bagwell. Um, I, I really enjoy I, I enjoyed the tag team of Two Cold and Bagwell. I think that they could they could do something down the line. Um, our next match is Ice Train versus Shanghai Pierce. Blech. Um, the next one we've got is the World Tag Team Championships. This is where we're going to have to get creative. The Nasty Boys defeat Arn Anderson and Paul Roma to win the titles. Now, like we talked about, Chris Benoit left the company in August on August 26th, I believe, of 93. We did not have the the tag team title switch at the last pay, or at the last show at the Clash of Champions. So right now we've got uh, Arn Anderson um, and Paul Roma, which we don't have Paul Roma. So what do we do here? with this with these tag team titles. Uh, there's one scenario off the top of my head. A guy who is not wrestling on this show is Steve Austin. And the last time that we saw Steve Austin, he was the tag team champion. I think that you and I talked about the idea of the horseman thing kind of floating away. Could you see Anderson and Austin teaming up here? Um Personally, I probably couldn't. I think that Arn had really fit into that role of the good guy horseman by this point. A feud, the feud between them and the Blondes was very personal, uh, with the way the Blondes have been talking about uh, about them. And the Nasty Boys were heels at this point, so to have Austin possibly yeah I can't see Austin being presented as a babyface at this time can I give you can I give you a scenario to set up this match though yep all right so the scenario that I have is that after uh, Pillman gets hurt Austin needs a partner after Benoit leaves Anderson needs a partner and these guys um, you know Austin is having to defend the titles and you know it's almost like it's almost like a culmination of, you know, what's going to happen. And it ends up, I see a screw job at the end where Anderson costs Austin the world tag team titles. Yeah, look, I could see that happening. I think you, I think you need it. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe look at it more. Maybe it could come from above. Maybe, maybe you could have WCW executives coming out and saying, Austin, you were the tag champion. Arn Anderson, you lost your title shot at the last pay-per-view because of that injury, we're gonna, you two are going to have the opportunity to team together to meet the Nasty Boys who are the number one contenders, and that's for the tag team, that's for the vacant tag team title. I could see that being a little bit more realistic where they're almost, that, that, that ECW style forced to wrestle together, yeah. uh, not necessarily choosing each other, and then you could have the commentators talk up the fact that these guys are former partners in the Dangerous Alliance. Yep. Um, you could maybe even have Bobby Eaton talking to both of them backstage because Bobby was still, he could be a heel or a face at the drop of a hat. We haven't really, he hasn't had a defined character and he could talk about them to them saying, this is an opportunity. Put put the past behind you. You guys have worked together before. Use this as a chance to get those tag titles. Absolutely. And I think that we can... We could even try to build that to another match coming up the next month, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get creative there too because we have a, a an incident that happens. Um, 
that we're going to have to discuss. But I think that there's a possibility – I'm going to check the dates on everything, but there's a possibility that we could have that blow-off match between Anderson and Austin at that next show. I still think we have the Nasty Boys win. I think you could – I think even if the, the, the infamous incident happens – just before the show, I think the whole idea that you're building towards that would work. And so the storyline at this point would look would look reasonable. Anderson costs Austin or vice versa. Austin just doesn't want to have a bar of Anderson anymore and walks away. One of them costs the other the match because they just can't work together. There's too much bad blood. They fight after the match, brawl to the back. You're building to a match on pay-per-view. Absolutely. Um, we go down the line. We got Cactus Jack now coming back, and he defeats Yoshi Kwan. I really don't mind that angle that they were running. Um, I thought it was pretty decent um, with, uh, you know, with Cactus trying to run through um, Harley Race's guys, and um, I think it's okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with with this match. I think it's a, a simple way for us to show that Cactus Jack is now a good guy, and you should cheer for him. Yeah, and I think it also shows, you, you can also set it up partly that you can have Harley Race almost dictating this is what's going to happen to the element that while we all acknowledge Vader is this big, awesome monster of a champion, the one man that Harley Race fears is the unpredictable Cactus Jack, who doesn't seem to feel pain, who will do anything to his body to win a match, and even nearly being knocked out through this power bomb hasn't stopped him from coming. It's got that, you can see that element where race is actually concerned. Vader might not care, but race is concerned that Cactus could actually take the title from Vader, and I don't want that to happen. Awesome. Well, I just checked our date, so uh, we're good to go at Halloween Havoc with this with this match. Now, at this point, the NWA has been dropped, or WCW has been dropped from the NWA. So we have the WCW International title. Rick Rude defeats Ric Flair to win the title. And I'm, I'm all for that because I think, I think the original concept, I, I think that um, it, it builds Rude further. He takes the next step up. It's a title above the U.S. title. And I believe that it creates further scenarios for the following year. We're not going to be going into the following year, but just at the end of this, when we get to Starcade and we do Starcade, I want to come back to the reason why I think it's important that you, you keep you have Rude go over Flair. Yep. I think I think it's I think it was um it was a good match, it was a good move, and it makes Rude almost seem on the level of Flair. And yep. I think that's where they wanted Rude to be seen. Absolutely. And that's where I want him to be seen. Absolutely. He he's too good not to be. Um Yeah. Alright, here we go. Main event time. The War Games. Uh you know, Dusty Rhodes, rest in peace, man. What a what a guy. Um the problem, the only problem I see with him is he was related to this guy named Fred, and Uncle <laughs> Uncle Fred made a shocking debut as the Shockmaster. Um, ugh, it's not going to happen in my opinion. I don't want the no, Shockmaster I, I in think, this I match. I think he can go. He can go and wrestle an undercard match. Yeah, I don't even. I would put him on a dark match underneath where nothing, nobody sees it. Um, yeah. Road Warrior Animal is sitting outside the ring. Can we just use him? Uh, that, look, 
that's a potential. Where was he at injury wise though? Was he was he right to compete? That's the question I'd have to ask because the reason that like if I remember my history correctly, you had Hawk left WWF and Animal wrestled with Crush for a while, and then Hawk went off and did the Hell Raises in Japan and and all that. But Animal Animal sustained a back injury for a while and was out of action for quite a period of time with a back injury. And then Hawk turns up in WCW. My only question is: Is Animal right to compete? If he is, I would reunite the Road Warriors and put them in that match. If he's not, I think we need to be looking elsewhere. Um, now, the the best that I can see is that Road Warrior Animal wrestled a match in um, October of 93. Um, real quick, tell me your opinion on uh, this new tag team we got called Harlem Heat. I, I think it was a surprising push-up as quick as they got. Um, but, you know, I, I know down the track... We all know whether who they become and what they're capable of. I think I think it fits the the image of uh, you know basically the idea was it didn't matter Vader and Sid were expected to do all the damage. It didn't matter who was teaming with them. Everyone expected Vader and Sid to be the ones who were going to be unstoppable. Yep. Now, um, like like I completely agreed with you there um, on the fact that uh, you know they came in so quickly. Um, you know, with with Harlem Heat in that spot, we do have to find somebody. It doesn't look like Road Warrior um, Hawk or Animal wrestled a match in um, uh, in 1993 at all. So we'd have to find somebody to come into that spot. Now, what about, what about? Let's throw out some ideas. Looking at people who've been involved in war games in the past. This is where you can throw in an idea like, what about a Bobby Eaton? I say, what about a Cactus Jack? What about a Cactus Jack? Last minute, re- last minute replacement that would cause all sorts of chaos for uh, for Vader. I think I think that you run the angle where, oh, man, I love I love this idea, but you know they don't have a partner. Maybe we have somebody that, yeah, I can't even think of somebody right off the top of my head at this point that they could have say, you know, this is going to be our guy. But, um, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe you do kind of bring in somebody like Uncle Fred, but, you know, he has that shitty debut. So, um, what if we, what if we do, what if we have him do the debut and as a Shockmaster, or we could even have Road Warrior Animal in that spot either. We could have Road Warrior Animal say he's coming in to help, but he doesn't, he doesn't do a match or anything like that. But we see Vader and Sid and the Harlem Heat to beat him up. And oh, I don't even need to see it. The implied thing. Animal Animal is back. Hawk, Hawk, I'm bringing back my tag partner, Animal. Animal is going to be with us. We were in the original War Games. Here we are. Animal does some interviews. You know, we're going we're gonna to run right again. We're the masters of the War Games. And then on the night, early on in the card, you could even just have Animal lying backstage in a pool of blood or, or unconscious and you know he's been attacked by Vader and Sid. You don't even have to show it. Yep. And and so Sting, Davy Boy, and Dustin Rhodes walk out to the War Games match, and he, who knows, you know, what's going to happen here. And and Jesse Ventura is putting this thing through the roof that there's no way that they're going to be able to survive. And then we get it going, and it comes down to that 
eighth and final man, and you know the the thing goes off and and Tony sh- and Jesse are saying there's no one to enter the ring. Why are they still counting down? And, and, and you know, Tony could even say because that's the way the match is structured. It doesn't start until after that that period of time. The the match beyond doesn't begin until after we've had that countdown. Someone might still choose to enter this match. And, and and Tony says, "Well, Hawk or animals out there, and and you know, and animal, you know, we could even have him out there bandaged up, you know, have his arm in his neck brace on, neck brace on, have something." And he's just cheering on his guys. And Jesse says, "Do you think he's an idiot? Why the hell would he get in the match?" And you know, then all of a sudden, you know, Cactus Jack comes out, and the place explodes. And you get Harley Race would be at ringside throwing an absolute fit. Yeah. And, and I think that I think that would work. Oh man, time. I think that would make what many say is the worst war games ever. I think that would make this one memorable to say the least. Mm. And um, and you could and 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 you can use it then, uh, like. Cactus doesn't want, he, he wants nothing to do with a pin for a submission. He just wants to beat up on Vader. And those two just go into one corner and start pounding each other. And I, and I think and, that we can then get Dustin Rhodes or Sting puts, you know, puts Kane or Cole, um, you know, whomever it's going to be, puts him in the uh, Scorpion Deathlock and we get a, a big victory. The baby faces win. And, you know, they have to rip Cactus Jack off of Vader. And and he just wants to go back at him, and you could you know maybe Vader sort of gets out of the ring, and and you know the other guys are holding Cactus you know back from from trying to escape the ring and chase him up the aisle, and you could even I could even picture it. You could have Vader with blood coming out from his from from the side of his mask, and yeah, I think I think it it looked really good. I can you can just picture that, and you know there's money there. Absolutely, I like I like that a lot. All right, let's go on to Halloween Havoc. Uh, 1993 from the Lakefront Arena in New Orleans. Um, 10:24. Um, we've got the Shockmaster, Ice Train, and Charlie Norris defeating Harlem Heat in the Equalizer. We've got Paul Orndorff defeating Ricky Steamboat by countout. Television champion uh, Stephen Regal fights Davy Boy Smith to a time limit draw. It was a 15 minute time limit draw. U.S. title Dustin Rhodes defeats uh, Steve Austin. Tag team titles Nasty Boys defeat Too Cold and Marcus Bagwell. Sting defeated Sid Vicious. WCW International title, Ric Flair was defeated by Rick Rude by DQ. And then non, non-title non Texas Deathmatch, Vader defeats Cactus Jack. So let's start with where we have some issues. Uh, number one, we want to put in the Anderson versus Austin match. So let's take out that opening six-man um, and, and put that in there. Absolutely. And now we and need this, to- And this could be around the time... Um, yeah, no, sorry, I'll let you finish. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, at this, then we've got to figure out, we've got to figure out another, uh, contender for Dustin Rhodes. Okay. But keep, well, was, keep explaining, was, I'm going to, I'm going to look something up for us. That's right. I was just going to say, this is around the time when you're going to start bringing Colonel Rob Parker into Steve Austin's world. I think, you know, this is when Austin could actually maybe even come out with Parker for the first time. And Jesse and Tony can be talking up, what's going on here? And, and, I think Austin gets a win over Arn Anderson here with the help of Colonel Rob Parker, which is going to build into your future storyline when Pillman returns. Uh, I think that that this creates a lot of stories. That it, it finishes off the Austin Anderson uh, Hollywood Blondes Four Horsemen series that we've been doing. 
Austin looks strong. He's ready to move on to the next stage of of where he's going. Anderson can sustain the loss because he's the enforcer, and he can and that's just he's he can cope that because the fans will always accept him. And we're ready to move on to different realms for both of them. And here's the angle: it's Steve Austin is told that he could fight the U.S. champion Dustin Rhodes, or you know, um, or he's got to fight. Arn Anderson. It's like it's like a choice kind of thing. And, you know, for some odd reason, you know, Anderson gets in his head, you know, he's a master of deception that, that he could never beat him on his best day. Well, he accepts that match and then, you know, whomever at this point says, alright, well, we've got to have a U.S. championship match so I guess we're going to have to give it a shot to the other guy. And guess who the other guy is? Brian Pillman. Oh. Brian Pillman comes back now, Brian Pillman wrestled a match on October 22nd, so we can have him at this show on this card against Dustin Rhodes, and Rhodes can defeat him, no problem. There's no, We have no concerns with that because it's the angle that we're looking for, and, and that builds to our next big match with those guys um, that we're going to have down the line. Um, so we've got rid of that uh, the opening six-man. I think uh, Paul Orndorff defeating Ricky Steamboat by countout, that's where we can utilize Paul Roma and maybe having Roma holding Ricky Steamboat, you know, underneath the ring or something, some shit like that, you know, like holding yeah. on to him and, and saying, you know, and that's what causes Orndorff to get the win. Um, I, I think the rest of the card kind of works for me. Yeah, I think from there, this is this was a better put together card. I mean, we, we've already said, um, I think, you know, Vader, Vader goes over Cactus. I don't know about the whole... I mean, this was the spin the wheel, make the deal. And yeah. what, what, what they end up spinning up? It was the Texas Death Match, which ended See, up I, being okay. It's, that's not bad. I'd probably go with the Falls Count Anywhere match, though. Yep. I mean, that, I think, works better. That plays into the previous engagement where it happened on the floor. That plays into Cactus's um, strengths. And I think, you know, Vader can go over Cactus. Cactus can sustain that loss. Um, he's still young. He's still yeah. You wouldn't ex- no. No one expected him to win the title, but it makes Vader look more badass again, and that's what you want. Absolutely, yeah. Like I, I think you said it. You know, this is a pretty well put together card by WCW on this show. I think it's one of the unheralded shows that they have, and with the changes that we made, I think it just makes it that much better. The um, only thing I might look at possibly changing the the whole idea that uh, did you say Rude beat Flair by DQ? Yep. I'd probably I'd either. Reverse that. Flair wins by DQ. Yep, I, I, I think so there. The title, or Rude gets a, a cheap win. Holding the tights, hits him with the belt and gets a cover. I don't think you need that. I don't think... Um, I, I, I don't think Flair needs to be protected in that way. Um, I don't see the benefit in having him uh, win, lose a match by DQ uh, unless you're trying to play up the dirtiest player in the game thing. But Flair was Flair was Flair, and yeah. I don't think it, it. I don't think it would matter if he dropped um, another match to Rude. Yep. Um, now this is this is going to be a fun show. I have got some ideas for this. Clash of the Champions twenty five eleven ten ninety three in Petersburg, Florida. Um, here's the card: International Champion Rick Rude defeats Hawk by, uh, or they draw to a double countout. Shockmaster defeats the Equalizer. TV champ Stephen Regal defeats Johnny B. Bad. We have the blow-off, Austin beats Pillman. We have the U.S. title match, uh, Dustin Rhodes defeats Paul Orndorff. Uh, WCW tag team titles, the Nasty Boys defeat uh, Sting and Davey Boy. 
Um, and then we have the WCW title match. Ric Flair um, defeats Vader by DQ. Now, there's two scenarios that I want to I want to run by you here. Number one would be having Rick Rude and Vader versus Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. But well, let, wait, before we even get to this card, I apologize. We do have the infamous stabbing incident on 1027. Um, Vicious is fired. Arn Anderson is on the shelf. So um, we won't have that match. We won't have either of those guys the rest of the year. Um, obviously, and we, and we need to understand, I think what we need to remember also is that's the catalyst for what's happening in that main event because – they needed there was there was a sudden shift and they needed to look at how are we going to build the Starcade now um, because Sid was going to be wrestling Vader and so the reason that Flair was put into that match with with Vader and won by DQ was or, or however that result turned out was just to start the build to Starcade. Yep, and I like I like the idea, but I don't want to give my Starcade main event away on TV for free. And I think that's reasonable. I think there are ways. I think a tag match can certainly give you the same benefit, but I think it's important then in a tag match scenario that you have um, Flair needs to get a pin and he needs to get it on Vader. He's got to he's got to actually win that match to show that he's a viable, that it's a legit uh, challenge here. And it, it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, Steamboat and Flair. You could have here. You you could. Rejig your card a little bit, and you could have Flair team with Sting. How about how about and, with and Hawk? You can put Steamboat in with Davy Boy. How about with Hawk though? Could we do that? Hawk and uh, Flair versus uh, Vader and Rude. I don't think Hawk fits into that package though, because you've got on the other side of the ring, you've got the WCW World Champion and the WCW International World Champion. Yep. And I, I don't think Hawk fits into that. Vying for those titles. Well, man. he 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 lost to Root, or they had double countout with Root for the title on this show, though. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Hawk should have been in that match. Okay, personally. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I, I I guess I'd still I'd still vote for Ricky Steamboat simply because Paul Orndorff is losing to um, Dustin Rhodes earlier in the show. Um. I think that we can kind of sway some things. Maybe, maybe because Arn Anderson isn't there, Ricky Rick Flair's got to go and find somebody who can be his buddy. And maybe, maybe that's the way. Maybe it could have originally been booked. The build was going to be it was going to be uh, Flair and Arn versus. Maybe the original plan was going to be Flair and Arn versus Vader and Sid. And of course, Sid is gone. Yeah. And Arn is hurt. Rude comes into the mix, and Flair now needs to find a partner. Who can I find? Who is worthy to fill Arn Anderson's shoes? And you could even have, maybe you could even have, the, the you know, in the build-up, the couple of you know, the week before, you could have Tony Schiavone saying maybe he'll call Tully Blanchard. Yeah. Maybe he'll ask Barry Windham. And I want to um, keep. And, and then, and then, you know, we get this announcement. It's going to be Ricky Steamboat. Oh, look, it, it can work because of. Who Steamboat is, and you know, it's like I've been saying. You come back to there. There are guys that the fans will accept in that position because of their history and their ability, and Ricky Steamboat's one of them. And I want to keep him there. I want to keep that. I want to keep Ricky Steamboat in this picture because down the line, I want to use him again. Um, 
and I think we're we're good with everything else on there. You know, nothing too offensive. Sting is really falling off the radar here. We get we got to figure out a way to get him back in the in the hunt. Um, and I think we've got some ideas of some stuff to do down the line. But I, I'm okay with where we're at with this. Yeah, look, and and I think it's I think yeah that that card was that that card was what you'd expect. Nothing spectacular. The guys that need to win are going over. Dusty Dustin's retaining his title. Um, what was the TV championship match again? Uh, we didn't have. Oh yeah, Stephen Regal defeat Johnny B. Bad. Pretty simple. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, look, we 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 the, the irony is we've already done that. Uh, we did that last month. So maybe in this situation, we put someone else in that that position. But there's a multitude of guys that can fit in there. Um, it doesn't need to be a rematch. It could be. But the guys that need to win are winning, yep. and that's what matters. Yep, I think we could. I mean, we, I, we may have, we could throw Bobby Eaton in there, you know, yeah. something simple. Um, all right, here we go. Battle Bowl, nineteen ninety three, uh, Civic Center, Pensacola, Florida. Um, there's not too much that we're going to be able to do with this one, I think. Um, but you know, still we can talk about some of the things we want to put over. Cactus Jack and Vader defeat Charlie Norris and Kane. Who I believe and that would have been that would have been a fun. Like, I think those two together, building off what's happened, and you know that's why they put them together. Yeah, uh, would have been a fun dynamic to watch. I must admit, I have not seen this event. Um, we didn't get this event in Australia. I've never seen it on video or DVD, so I, I can't comment on what what happened in the nature of the match. But I can I can picture. There being a lot of animosity there, that working, that working in that scenario. It's it's a very lackluster pay per view for a gimmick that I truly love. I love Battle Bowl, but it, it, something about it just kind of puts me off. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it after we go through some of this stuff and and give it another look. Um, Johnny B. Bad and Brian Nobbs defeat Paul Roman, Eric Watts, Shockmaster, and Paul Orndorff defeat Ricky Steamboat and Stephen Regal. King Kong. Wow, that's a that's a that's a Big. Well, that was because Steamboat and Regal were feuding at this time. Yes, and and that's I think that's yeah that was a that was a good series I can understand again. You got the guys in there that are feuding or have been feuding, uh, can't work together, and that and that that's certainly something. In, it's good to show that guys feuding aren't always going to win either. Like that, yeah. they're feuding to the point that it costs them a match against two guys they shouldn't lose to. Yeah. Um. King Kong and Dustin Rhodes defeat Awesome Kong and the Equalizer. Uh, Sting and Jerry Sags defeat Ron Simmons and Keith Cole. <laughs> he was this blonde-haired dude. I remember him not very yeah, good. Yeah, twin brother. Yep. Um, Rick Flair and Steve Austin defeat Too Cold and Max Payne. That was a pretty decent match. Flair and Austin are really giving each other the shit during that one. Rick Rude and Shanghai P- Pierce defeat Tex Lassinger and Marcus Bagwell. Hawk and Rip Rogers defeat Davey Boy Smith and Cole. Man, Davy Boy Smith has gone down the shitter. That's probably the one thing that I might flip is I might I might flip that that result there because it, it's do you have Hawk in the battle bowl or do you have Davy Boy? That's where you're coming to. I probably put Davy Boy. I probably flip that result. Um, I think we've we've used Davy Boy better. I think he deserves after the year that he's given us. Um, the year that he's given Derek Cornette and David Hall, I think Davy Boy deserves. He's earned a shot at Battle Ball. Absolutely. And then Vader defeats Sting to to last eliminate him to win Battle Ball. Um, again, the crowning prize for our because Flair gets hurt during the match, and that's the reason why he's eliminated. So 
I'm okay with Vader being the man here and walking out, you know, WCW champion, Battle Bowl champion, the most undefeatable man in the world so that we can build up to Starcade. Uh, absolutely. Vader, Vader going over here is is absolutely um, a necessity. I like the idea. I, I would even have Vader being the one that, I, 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 like I said, I haven't seen the, the, the match, but I would have Vader being like power-bombing Flair and putting him out of the match. Like, you know, Flair gets hurt because it's Vader who's put him out. Uh, Vader's furious at having dropped that tag match the month before. He's got Flair in the ring, and he's hurt him, and he's hurt him big time. Yep, I, I think when we initially started this, Vader was our man. And when we finish it, we'll see where we're at. So let's go to Starcade. Um, they did this as a 10-year thing, uh, Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma defeat two cold Scorpio and Marcus Bagwell. That's a match I'm willing to keep. Yep. I, I don't I don't mind that one at all. Shockmaster defeats Awesome Kong. We may have to change that one. Now this is where I want to I, I want to harken back to what we just did a couple minutes ago. TV title match, Steve Deringo fought Ricky Steamboat to a time limit draw. And then I'm going to fast forward down the line here. WCW International title, Rick Rude pinned the boss, who is the boss man. Can we switch those around in some way so that Rick Rude faces Ricky Steamboat here? I, I think I think that's a, that, that 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 would be warranted. They had the big feud the previous year over the U.S. title. Um, they got a history. Um, Steamboat, you know, it, it, it goes understandable that Steamboat might want a shot at a title that prominent, and it allows Rude to get a win over a legitimate contender. The problem is I'm not sure I put the boss man or the boss or whatever you want to call him in the match against Regal. I got uh, here we I go. I got, I got I got it for you. Um, I, let me let me run through the card. Let me run through it and, and let me tell you what I got an idea for. Cactus Jack and Max Payne defeat Tex Lassinger and Shanghai Pierce. Two out of three falls match for the U.S. title. Steve Re- or Steve Austin defeats Dustin Rhodes two to one to win the belt. International title. Rick Rude defeats uh, the Boss. Tag team title. Sting and Road Warrior Hawk defeat the Nasty Boys by DQ. And then Flair defeats Vader to win the title. Win the world title. Here's what I want to do. Right off the bat, I'm going to keep the TV title match the way it is. I'm going to move Sting out of the tag title match and we're going to build excuse me we're going to build Sting back up and he's going to face Rick Rude for the title. For as much as those guys fought, I don't remember them having a pay-per-view singles match. They fought on the Clash, they fought on TV, but they never had a one-on-one pay-per-view match. And I think this is where we do it um with Rick Rude facing him for the title. Now, that means that we need to do something with the tag titles. So I move that we put Cactus Jack and Max Payne defeating the Nasty Boys by DQ. So that sets up what we're going to have in 94 with that feud, which ends up being one of the better tag team feuds, honestly, that I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that works. And then we've got Road Warrior Hawk, who's kind of lumbering around. So what I want to do is I want to put Road Warrior Hawk up there where the Shockmaster was, or you could put Road Warrior Hawk and the Boss versus Tex Lassinger and Shanghai Pierce, um, kind of a blowaway match, anyways. 
um, something simple for those guys to go over and, and, you know, you're acclimating the fans to the boss as a new guy? I think that the issue I have is, that there it is, the boss is the new guy, and why? And here's the reality of WCW, why do you put your new guy, a guy who's been a big time player in the WWF for a long time, why do you have him lose his first major match since, you know, since arriving to the company? Um, I, 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 I struggle with that, I'd probably look at putting him in, um, in something that he could he could uh, get a win over, you know, you want him win against a mid card bloke. I, I think that could be an option, or a tag match with Hawk would would, would certainly be acceptable, provided they get the win. And, oh yeah, they're going to beat Shanghai in 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 tax there. Um, so let's run through our card one more time. We've got Orndorff. So the only thing we haven't done. The only thing we haven't done there, though, is mm-hmm. we haven't made a change at the TV title yet. Oh, no, I, I, I thought we, we could keep that with Regal versus Steamboat. Oh, that's right, because we put Sting in the, in the uh, Sting in against Rude. Yep. So, that's right. and, and obviously, and, uh, you, know, you know, just before you run down the card, I mean, we're obviously saying we want Flair to do what happened. The, the, the storyline of this Star Cable was phenomenal. Flair with his career on the line against Vader, who can beat him? Vader beats Flair up, and then Flair pulls out the win, and, and it was a it was a really good match. It was a great storyline, a great build, and that, in my mind, needs to stay. One hundred percent. I don't I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, so let's run through our card: Orndorff and Roma defeat Too Cold and Marcus Bagwell. Um, we kept the Shockmaster beating Awesome Kong. TV title, Steven Regal fought Ricky Steamboat to a draw. Then we had Hawk and the Boss defeat Tex Lassinger and Shanghai Pierce. We had Austin defeat Dustin Rhodes to win the U.S. title. We had Rick Rude defeat Sting for the international title. Are you okay with that? Yes. And we're going to get to it in just a minute why. We had the Tag Team Championships, Cactus Jack and Max Payne, defeat the Nasty Boys by DQ. And then we had Flair beat Big Big Van Vader to win the title. If he lost, he would have had to retire. A very... And this was a decent starcade in terms of the main event. The undercards leave some to be desired. But I think we made a couple of switches that just make it what it needed, in my opinion. Yeah, I think think it takes it up a notch and makes it a more well-rounded card and a... You know, I think the, just a couple of small changes is all it needed. But with what we've been building through the year, a lot of that still still maintains its place because we've got guys built in a way that make you want to see those matches. Yeah. So first thing before we get to something else, if Sid was on the card, and so w- would you have Sid beat Vader and then uh, Flair beat Rude? Well, well, look. But <laughs> The reality is, I personally, I personally don't think Sid should ever have been in that position to be feuding with Vader. Um, I, I don't think that was ever the way they should have been looking at going. The storyline they built up, look, we know that they wanted to do that. I, I would not have done that myself. Um, I would have had, if you're going to put Sid against Vader, I would have had Vader win and keep the, 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 the title. And you know, if you've got Flair against Rude again, uh, this that would be where Flair would have to have to get the win back. And then you um, would do the unification bout at Super Brawl. Yeah, that, that's if, if if Vader had hung around, that's probably what I would have looked at doing. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, Dave, now, you said something earlier about Rick Rude um, with the international title. Do you want to go back on that? Yeah, look, the, the reason I would have uh, Rude, um, you know, what we've done with Rude, with giving him that title win over Flair and maintaining it, I, I truly believe that um, WCW had a lot more in store for Rick Rude than what ended up happening. Now, I know several factors hit the following year on Rick Rude. Number one, we had the announcement that Hogan was coming to the company, and number two, he suffered the career-ending injury. I truly believe that the original intention, I believe what I would have done with Rick Rude, would be that following Flair's win over Vader, and probably the, the win in the rematch, I would then have Rick Rude coming out the following year saying, I beat Flair for the this title. I want that title. I'm going to unify these two belts. And realistically, you could even have him do it. Maybe you don't have him do it. It doesn't matter either way. I think that series has um, a foundation of a storyline built from, from before. I think the, the worst thing that happened to, to Rick Rude was the announcement, the negotiations that began with Hogan because the minute they started that, they knew they had to keep the belt on Flair because they wanted a Flair-Hogan match. And Rick Rude was the biggest loser in all that happened the following year. Now, yeah, he sustained an injury. I feel sorry for him. You know, look, who knows what would have happened if storylines were going a different way and he's wrestling a different match. That's the what-ifs you can never count on. But I, I think a Rick Rude... Gunning for the world, the WCW world title in early to mid-94 would have been a money-making storyline that sadly we never saw. Yep. And um, I, I, I really like this card. Um, any final thoughts as we as we wrap up WCW 1993? Look, I think, I think we've shown that some of the things that WCW did that year were good. Uh, some of the booking decisions were good. Sadly, some of the execution and the commentary around it didn't help and could have made it bigger. Like, I think we've shown, like, what happened with Cactus and Vader and stuff, like, that could have been bigger than what it was if it was promoted in the right way. And I think we've shown with just a small tweaking, the, the roster that the WCW had, yeah, they would have, they could have had some really compelling and really must-see cards that would have help make WCW a legit challenger to WWF earlier than they were and may have allowed them to not ever consider approaching Hulk Hogan. That that would be an interesting take is WCW 1994 without Hulk Hogan. It would be very interesting. Maybe maybe that's down the line for the Low Below Booking Podcast. I, I think that um, to wrap this up, I, I, I like where we end up. I like what the outlook for WCW is in 1994 with who we've got. Um, because we've got Ric Flair as our top baby face. We've got Rick Rude, a guy who's – it's a ready-made feud for that unification of the title. Um, Sting does end up winning it, and him and title and him and him Rick Rude do unify that title. Um, and a pretty decent – it was a TV match, I believe. Um, pretty decent TV match for those guys. Um, and then, of course, Spring Stampede 1994 is one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. Uh, with uh, Steamboat versus Flair for the last time. Um, just some really good stuff on that show. So, um, actually, I may have, you know, hurt myself there. I'm pretty sure that Sting and Rude fight at that show. Let me look at it real quick. Um, 
I'm pretty sure that they actually have their, yeah, they have a singles match at that show. Um, I know Austin and, and Muda uh, wrestle at that show, so I have to go back on my previous statement. Um, but, yeah, I like where we end up, and I like where our tag division is going to hopefully uh, roundabout, you know, coming to. I think that we've got that feud with Cactus and um, Max Payne versus the Nasties. Let's start the year by that, and then we can move into keep continuing to build that team of uh, Pretty Wonderful, um, who I think could have been pretty serviceable guys. And while we're building them up, we're also building up this team um, of Harlem Heat. I, I think that they, at the in, in a year from now, they our they are our number one team. Yeah, and 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 like you said, you know, there's a lot to build from, and the tag division was starting to blossom. Um, you know, sadly, some guys were put in positions a little bit earlier than they they were ready for, but. With a bit of time, you know, you know, the Harlem Heat and uh, Booker T and Stevie Ray's, they really should, you know, became known as we remember them now. Uh, they really grew in, in WCW and became, you know, they're, they're, they became a fantastic team in the long run. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was, I was wrong and right. Um, Sting does defeat Rude for the international championship at Spring Stampede 94. In Chicago, so they do have a, t- a one-on-one match. I apologize. I, I usually am the person that you know makes those uh, claims with others. So um, I was wrong there, but again, um, 1993 WCW. We went for about two hours. I think this is one of our longer shows. I hope that the listeners enjoyed listening to it. I enjoyed uh, putting it together with you, Dave. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to to what. Uh, July will bring us. I'm looking forward to what we'll be able to do with the Lobo Booking Podcast going into um, into the the fall. Um, and I know that we've got another summit coming up, uh, 1991. And I guess we can let the cat out of the bag for what we're what we we're planning on doing. Um, we're gonna pick the top 20 guys from each promotion in December of 1991. I'm going to have WCW, and you're going to have WWF, and we are going to do a battle bowl of those of those two promotions. Now, the interesting thing is that the teams will only be drawn from their promotions. So I'm going to randomly draw my team, and Dave's going to randomly draw his team, and we're going to go right down the line, and we're going to do it live on the air. We're, I guess taped, but we're going to do it without any pre-production whatsoever. We're just going to know who our 20 guys are. How's that sound, Dave? I think it's going to be very fun. I think it's going to be interesting to see who gets drawn, who we end up... And when we were talking about blind drawing, we're not going to pre-pick teams and hope things happen. We're going to blind draw these teams and see what sort of matchups we end up getting and how we would book it through. Absolutely. Man, I tell you what, the Lobo Booking Podcast continues to explode. Check us out on Podbean and iTunes. Uh, give us a like and give us a share. We do have a Facebook page. Check us out uh, at the Lobo Booking Podcast. If you want to be a member, just simply ask to join. Uh, we're looking for any and all members, anybody who loves pro wrestling and looking back at the book. Um, check out uh, prowrestlingonly.com. Uh, we're, we're, I post the shows over there. Um, you know, A big thing going there with the 1983 rebook. Uh, kind of what we did with the Territory Wars over at Bigelow34.ProBoards.com. Go over there and read those shows. They were some great ones. Um, kind of looking at a more meticulous way to do it over on ProWrestlingOnly.com. And uh, 
Dave, it has been a pleasure once again, my friend, to uh, sit down and, and rewrite the book with you. I thank you very much for uh, your time and, and uh, your wisdom, if you will, on uh, what we've been doing here today. It's always a pleasure to do this with you, Derek, and I look forward to the next one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on the Low Blow Booking Podcast as we rebook WCW 1993. Let us know uh, what you thought, what you think, and uh, you know where what we can do better. And uh, we're definitely open up to more scenarios of what individuals would like to hear us do. Um, I know we've got a couple of things in the mixer, but uh, when we come back to you, we'll be doing the uh, the Summit 1991 Battle Bowl with the random draw WCW versus the WWF. So thank you guys very much. Have a very safe 4th of July.